Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry, and today we are talking about Muswell Hillbilly by the Kinks. Um, but first, I have a cool little bit. We got a little bit of uh, listener mail via email a couple days ago, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, I, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing this person's name right. Modi from uh, Israel emailed me, and this is what he wrote. Or she, actually. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the name Modi. This is what Modi wrote. I listened to your podcast episode about better things and heard your cry for someone um, that, uh, for someone from that time who would explain why better things wasn't a hit. Obviously, I don't know anything about the American market, but I was 19 then and I bought Give the People What They Want and it was certainly what I wanted. I think Better Things was maybe too friendly for the beginning of the gloomy decade. In Israel, the creepy art lover did better than Better Things. You're probably familiar with the myth that Better Things was written as an audition song that his new agent secretary asked Ray to send by mistake. Maybe that's another reason it's too friendly. Anyway, you were very right and sharp about the kink's ability to adapt, especially to the sound of post-punk. I don't remember who defined it as the ability to play the way the pretenders or the jam cover them to cover a cover. Keep up the good work, Modi in Tel Aviv. Thanks for the email, Modi. If you'd like to reach out to me, go ahead and email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com or leave a voicemail at 925-494-1739. Um, to Modi's point, I actually hadn't heard this myth about better things having been written as an audition song. Uh I probably would have mentioned that if if I had heard it, because uh, that's an interesting little tidbit that I don't think um, has stood the test of time. So if it's true, that that is kind of a fun little story. But I, I'm going to dig around a little deeper into that, and um, and I guess we can cover it when we cover that album as a whole. Um, and I do get what you're saying about it being too friendly. I've said this a lot about the Kinks. And I've actually said it a lot about George Harrison's solo career too, where it got panned at the time, but because the music is timeless, when you take it away from its release date and just look at it, you know, in retrospect, the music is, is phenomenal. And, and I say that a lot about the kinks, like, uh, uh, you know, maybe some of their songs on Village Green, for example, don't really fit with the post psychedelic era going into a heavier sound, you know, with uh, Hendrix and Cream and Zeppelin becoming uh, kind of the standard for rock, the rock sound and heaviness. But when, you, when you're not listening to the radio in 1968 or 1969, and you're listening to it now as someone who wasn't even born till the eighties. Uh, it stands up better because I'm hearing it with the ears of someone who is listening to Chuck Berry and the kinks and the Fratellis all at the same time. Right? So I'm spanning 50 years of rock and roll music all at the same time. And so I'm not associating it with, whatever was a hit at the time. So I think that's a good point that uh, Modi's making here, that maybe Better Things was just too happy. And and as radio-friendly as it sounds to me, maybe it wasn't radio-friendly at the time. Maybe it was a year too early or a year too late or whatever the case is. But um, 
obviously that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a good song and we love it now. And I thank you for the email. So moving on to today's subject at hand, Muswell Hillbilly. I teased this as having a guitar part that I couldn't really figure out how Dave was playing it. And then um, in researching for this podcast, I pulled out the guitar, I cranked up the stereo system, and uh, I figured out how he did it. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Muswell Hillbillies was released uh, as the title track to Muswell Hillbillies which was released November 24th, 1971. It's the closing track on the album. And I would argue one of the, the, the best closing tracks of the kinks catalog. Um, they actually closed uh, frequently closed their album with what a lot of bands would open their album with. And then this would make sense that it would be an album opener because it's the title track. But it also makes sense that it's the album closer because the song kind of ties up all the loose ends of this album. And we hear this story about a a guy who's being moved from his London home into Muswell Hill, which is a, a suburban community. And he's lamenting about how, you know, you can take the man out of Muswell, but you can't or you can take the man out, but you can't take that, you know, his roots out of the man. And, um, So he's going up to Muswell Hill, which is a sterilized suburbia, but he's still the old hillbilly at heart. The lyrics don't totally make sense because I don't know why his heart is um, in West Virginia, but that's neither here nor there. The song is a great song. I love this song. It's a great album closer to one of my favorite Kinks albums of all time. This album uh, didn't chart very well. Didn't sell anything in the UK. Uh, it made the top 50 in America, but not by much. Um, I think it was like a number 45-ish. And uh, But retroactively, it has been given the proper treatment it deserves. Rolling Stones gave it five stars. Uh, the year after its release, it was uh, titled Album of the Year by a magazine. So, I mean, it does have its fair share of of praise, but not nearly as much. And I think this song, um, despite, oh, who was uh, who was it that said it? Mike Saunders of Rolling Stone, who called, uh, called this song uninspired and unenergetic. I think there's a lot of energy in this song. I think it's very inspired. Um, I think the, the musicianship on it is phenomenal. It's some of their best background vocals. Uh, and like I said, one of Dave's most interesting guitar leads. All right. The song is detuned a little bit. Uh, they, I would assume because they changed the tape speed. I doubt the entire band was playing out of tune. Um, so if you're trying to play along with it at home, it's not going to match totally, but it's close. It's, it's maybe 20 cents off. Um, but it's it's in D, and we start with a fade in, which we haven't talked about a fade in since eight days a week. But it starts on a D. They're just vamping on that D chord. Then they hit a D seven, which kind of s- suggests that you're going into the key of G, because a D seven is the five chord in the key of G. And guess where we go for the intro? The G chord. So he's he's using that D 
which is your tonic, your your one chord. To shift to the four chord, which is where the song actually starts. The intro is actually a four, five, one. Five, one. And what he's doing is he's just doing a standard, um, if you take the uh, an F chord on the guitar, and you take that shape and go up to the third fret, now it's a G chord. So it's that same shape. And he's taking that shape off the third fret, the fifth fret for an A chord, and the tenth fret for the D chord. And he's letting his pinky do all the heavy lifting on this. So we've got the G chord, and he's just arpeggiating it. There's nothing fancy about um, the chord structures at all. It's basic chords. But what he's doing with his pinky is he's hitting the six and then releasing it. So it's a pull-off. So he's doing just a... So it's he's starting on the top string and working down, and then you get this pull-off. And the way the guitar tone, it's a very smooth guitar tone um, on this track. All over this album, the guitar tones are, are really great, and you don't hear them a lot in other Kinks records. But the guitar tone on this is so smooth, and it's, it's either... Uh, he either played it twice or it's artificially double tracked because you can hear it in both speakers. And I think it's probably artificially double tracked because it sounds slightly delayed and that it actually helps to smooth out the sound, but I could be wrong. It could just be um, that he's playing it twice. Um, and, and between the tone and the reverb, and these pull-offs that he's doing, it really smooths it out because for a long time I thought he was just doing a, a backwards rake. Um, but I don't think it's even that complicated. I think he's just playing with that six chord. And then on the D chord there, after he does that, he, he adds a suspension. That right there is a suspended chord, which he's also hitting with his pinky. So it's all that one chord shape. And then um, the pinky doing the work, which is not uncommon in country guitar stylings that you're going to do that. And you hear it a lot in rockabilly where they add that sixth or a ninth or whatever, and then the suspension. So it's a very true to form. It's a great guitar line. I love the sound of this album. I love the sound of this song. I think it's a great album closer. Uh, this was the first album for RCA records, which is why it sounds a little bit different than its predecessor, uh, Lola. You know, they use different, mastering uh, studios, all that kind of stuff, you know, it changes the sound of the record. Um, and so this is the start of a new era for the Kinks, where we've got this album, Everybody's in Show Business. You know, it's their, their sound has changed a little bit. Uh, the introduction of the, um, the brass band is on this album, although you don't really hear a brass band on this particular song. And then we talked about this when we talked about... Uh, alcohol 
where we talked about the line, now the floozy's gone and found another sucker. How Ray has this ability to make lines in songs that just sound cool with the melody. Even if the line is a throwaway line, right? It's not critical to the song. I mean, I don't think it's a throwaway line, but you know what I'm saying? Like where it's, it's not the chorus or a major hook or anything. It's just a line in the verse. And he does that in this song uh, right out of the gate. I said goodbye to Rosie Rook this morning. And then one of my favorite Ray Davies lines, I'm going to miss her bloodshot alcoholic eyes. And the way he hangs on alcoholic eyes, it's, it's a great line that just fits perfectly with the melody, with his inflection when he's singing. Uh, it's it's great. I love that line. It's phenomenal. So if you're not familiar with this song, get familiar with it. Go listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or however you listen to your music on YouTube. Of course, you can go to herohabit.com on Friday where I list all of the episodes that we talked about this week alongside Um, a link for you to listen to the song so you can listen to it and then listen to the podcast about it. Or you can follow uh, our Spotify playlist where I update every day. I will update the list with whatever songs we're talking about. Somebody left a review on iTunes for us. Um, It was a three-star review. So come on, man. But they, they, um, they talk in their review about how this podcast would be better if we played the music. And I 100% agree. But like the reviewer stated in that review, it's a rights issue. And I am 95% sure that I can use music clips under the fair use doctrine because I am providing commentary on the song. But I'm 100% sure that I can't afford to defend that in court. And so I would rather play it safe than to end up, you know, ticking off the Beatles or the Kinks and um, getting a cease and desist letter. So I'm trying to meet you guys halfway. We've got the Spotify playlist. We do the recaps every Friday. Ideally, if you don't know the song, I hope that you listen to the podcast first so that you listen to the song and you can listen for the things we talk about here. And if you do know the song, I hope that right after you're done listening, you go and listen to the song because the whole point of this is for us to kind of dig a little deeper and to listen to different things. Maybe you're listening to the drum beat while I'm listening to the bass line. So, you know, we're, we will, you know, inform each other to listen to other cool aspects of this music. So follow us on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Also, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, follow at Hero Habit, and then um, obviously swing by the website. Tomorrow we are talking about a Beatles song um, that is the ringtone to my telephone. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. 
Collect your heroes.